0: Hello everyone, happy Sunday. How are we doing? I hope you're all doing well. I'm feeling quite cozy this evening. Although if you're watching, it's not gonna give cozy vibes. You know what? I'm gonna turn off the main light and see if this cozes it up a bit. Okay, it definitely did something. I don't know if now we're just looking a little grey. I can't wait till I have my new well, my new flat. I have a flat where like I have a constant podcast set up. I was thinking today when I came up to film this podcast, basically guys, it's what time is it? It's quarter past eight when I'm filming this. Um, and I just came upstairs to set up and like my camera tripod, my phone tripod, the ring light, um, the mic, my headphones were all like still in the same place, all still plugged in. And I just literally had to plug in my laptop and put my phone and the camera on the stand. And I was like, that was a bit too easy. That was like so beautifully easy because sometimes the thought of going and setting up the whole podcast, especially in this new house because it's like on the very top floor, it's like, feels like a bit of a chore. But like that was so beautiful and I can't wait to the day where I'm in a flat and I've got a cute cosy setup behind me, you know, we've got some fairy lights, like, it's just a bit cosier and like the setup is like permanently ready, all I literally have to do is, well, what I just did, hit record. Today's episode is, anyway, sorry guys, how are we? Happy Sunday, I hope you're all doing well, hope you've had a lovely week, hope you're about to have a lovely week, whatever it is you're doing. When you're listening to this, are we literally, we're like on the countdown to Christmas, right? It's the 11th when you're listening to this, I think? What? the freaking heck we've got one more episode after this and then the episode after that will be christmas day but i don't think i'm gonna post one on christmas day because i think i'm just gonna have a week off the podcast and then come back and better than ever and sunday is january the first so you know we all have christmas day off we have that funny week in between we chill out we don't listen to a podcast about self-improvement or self-growth we just We just vibe. Like, I'm looking forward to just coming home. So, I land home from Australia on the 22nd, which right now is six weeks away. I haven't even left. But, I come home on the 22nd and I'm just going to like chill for 10 days. I'm going to try and like edit my YouTube videos to go up, like, and just go up and just like try and chill for 10 days, I think. And like, not film a podcast, not film or edit a YouTube video. Maybe film. I don't feel like filming YouTube videos feels like that much of a chore because normally I'm just vlogging. So, it's not. it's nothing but like not edit not think of a podcast idea even not do a podcast nothing and just like vibe for 10 days and I strongly suggest you to do the same if you have the means to do so because I feel like me for the past three years like I can't just chill in that seven day period that seven day period is like thank fuck it's no longer Christmas and it's not quite New Year's yet let me fucking get this uni deadline finished so if you are in that stage I'm super sorry (laughs) I hope it's all going well um But yeah, today's episode is going to be about self-help books. And I have read my fair share of self-help books, right? And I've wanted to do this episode for a while, but I kind of thought this is gonna take a lot of planning. Like I had this episode idea back in like June, I think it was. Sorry, that was a really long silence. I might have to cut that one out. I'm just having a Coke Zero that's actually left over from earlier today. I was gonna make a oh that really tasted like metal that sip um i was gonna make hot chocolate and be like super cozy but a few episodes ago i made a hot coffee and it felt like it took me longer to sip because you know when you like take a slow sip because you're anticipating the heat of the drink that's what i was doing and i felt like the pauses were a bit too long um anyway so essentially i thought this episode was gonna take too long to plan i have four books in front of me which isn't a lot but they're kind of all self-help books and i'm just gonna tell you like my favorite well not my favorite some some are favorites some are just like good ones i kind of remembered like just some passages from the books and some things from these books that are just like nice to hear you don't necessarily have to learn anything about them you don't have to think about it too deeply like some of these are just really nice things to hear i think and yeah like maybe my favorite passage from self-help books and this is something I definitely want to do more of because I feel like if you're anything like me you probably have a really long list of self-help books and it's like sometimes it's actually not a good idea to like read them all if you're not very good at like critically thinking um so I thought fine I'll just show you my favourite so yeah I want to like read some more and then every like probably every like three months maybe make a video like this three four months make a video like this that's like or a podcast sorry like this that's like here's the books I've read, here's my favourite takeaways from it, or just like, here's something in it that really made me smile, and then going forward when reading self-help books, I can like do that, because now I was having to go back through self-help books I read like years ago and stuff that I just kind of like I feel like self-help books I just like read, you you probably are supposed to like, you know, take note, highlight stuff one of you guys, should I say your name? Bethan, if you're listening, hi um, I love you <laughs> um she always messes with me she's like the cutest person in the world like she's just so lovely and she always has like such good things to say and she like takes notes of so one of the books I'm going to talk about today is Happy Sexy Millionaire and she read it after I spoke about it I think um, and like took notes on her notes app of like everything she read that she liked and I actually went through she like sent me screenshots of it and I actually went through her notes to be like oh yeah like try and jog my memory be like what did I like so anyway moving forward yeah I can like read more and then like actually like note note them as I read them kind of thing if you know what I mean but the reason I kind of started to think about this book was because I'm going to start with the passage if you will that or paragraph that kind of made me think of this idea of the book and one that I knew I was going straight to like when I read it I was just like that is why I love this book and why i read this book like everything just made so much sense to me if you are not new here I wish there was comments on a podcast take a minute What book do you think I'm talking about? If you have listened to literally like three of my podcasts, one, two, you could guess. Obviously it's asking, it's given. (laughs) This book is like my baby. It's like my Bible. I just love this book. And I think it will always like have a special place in my heart because it was the first kind of proper self-help book, I guess, if you will, that I read about like law of attraction and stuff and I say it every single time when I read this like I just remember the first time reading it and me just being like everything makes sense like I get it now um about how we're in control of our lives in control of our emotions like if you're looking for somewhere to start this book is like honestly has my heart like if I could if I had a penny for every time I told someone to read this book, I'd be <laughs> what's that TikTok to summer? It's like, I'd have two cents. It's not a lot of money. But it's weird it happened twice. <laughs> no, I would I would be a millionaire. The first part of it where they kind of explain their personal experience is perhaps a little airy fairy. They kind of talk about like their experience with like source energy and Yeah, it's a bit if you can look past it and think, okay, I don't agree with that, but let me still let me still hear what you have to say in the book, you'll absolutely love it. Oh, sorry, should we do some things we're grateful for? Um, I, I ordered three tops from Weekday. Right, I know this is really stupid, but I ordered three tops from Weekday, and it's two tops I've been crushing on for ages, and then one was three pound, and they are literally. I think I'm going to wear them every single day in Australia like they are literally they couldn't be more perfect they fit like a dream the material is gorgeous they're not see-through one's pink and one's like this gorgeous teal colour like I'm just so happy I found some like really cute but really basic like basically like vests and one's one's just like a plain, plain pink vest from the front and then the back's like completely backless and it's just like tied together by three ties which is perfect, because when I was in Costa Rica, I was like, I don't have any super strappy tops, so when we were, like, going out for the day to, like, do an activity, I was like, I can't, I don't have any tops that could, like, give me a nice shoulder tan, you know, so I was like, I need some tops, so I bought that one, this is gorgeous pink, lovely, lovely material, I'm, like, I know this is really dumb, but, like, I'm so grateful I found nice tops that aren't black and white, that are, like, cute and strappy, not see-through, but, like, still have a bit of something, something going on, because, like, finding plain tops that you can travel with, that go with everything, but, like, also still a bit cute, I feel like, i've not mastered yet so the other one's teal and it's like has two straps but they both come across your chest and tie on one shoulder so one shoulder is completely strapless again gorgeous material i also found a wonderful pair of shorts on asos finally um to like kind of replace i had like the perfect flowy lime green shorts but where i've just worn them consistently every like literally every day i'm not joking like i don't know why i took another pair of shorts traveling i just adore them i've wore them both like constantly for two months so they have turned into a nappy do you guys get this from like primark pajama shorts it's like the best example where you wash them and wear them so much that that middle crotch bit just gets saggy and like you're wearing a nappy that's what happened to them let me know if i'm going crazy or if that happens to you too um two that was really like tory let me know if that happens to you too okay maiden chelsea um but yeah that happened to them so they had to go but i found a really oh it's just great like i felt like i found some really nice things to travel with and i'm super excited um So yeah, what else am I grateful for? Uh, I think, do I want to say this out loud? A few episodes ago, which I actually only filmed yesterday, I said how I found a flat I wanted to live in, Manchester. And I've put a holding deposit down. um, At this moment in time, when you're listening to this, like, I'll know if I have it or not. Right now, when you're listening to this, if I have got it, it's my flat. I just haven't moved in yet. How crazy is that? But I also might not get it. But yeah, I've put a whole difference down, which is super crazy. So excited about that. And I just had a really good therapy session, actually. So literally about a few hours ago, ended at half five. It's now half eight. Um, And it was really good. And we were basically talking through the episode that I did on vulnerability. And I was kind of explaining them thoughts to her. Like, why do I have a hard time expressing super super positive thoughts to people? Um... And yeah it was really interesting we kind of talked about oh, i feel like i've put myself in the spot here now what did we talk about um how i'm i'm not scared of judgment from other people like i was telling her like i feel like i'm scared of what people are going to say back to me but i was like i'm not scared because i don't care if they think negatively I almost just don't want to hear it. Like, I don't care if you think that, but, like, don't tell me. Which is why I think I don't, like, tell people my goals. Because I don't care if you think they're stupid, but, like, I don't want to tell you in case you tell me they're stupid. Like, I won't care, but I don't want to have to explain myself to you kind of thing. Um, And, yeah, talking about how I'm scared of, like, not scared, but, like, I don't want a reaction. Like, I don't care about the judgement. I just don't want the reaction kind of thing. And how, like, because I was saying... Well, am I really sure of myself then? Because I was like, I feel really sure of myself. Like, we're talking about how sometimes I'm quite embarrassed by my job because I don't want people to think I've just been handed this job. Like, when I was finishing uni, people would be like, oh, what are you doing after uni? And I would just tell people I'm unemployed. Like, I walk around now just telling people I'm unemployed when actually I've been self-employed for three years and I've worked so, so hard and, like, I'm making a living for myself. But like i don't want people to think it's been handed to me on a silver platter so like i just tell them i'm unemployed because i'd rather them think i have no job than think oh that lucky like snobby bitch i don't know why they think that but yeah we were talking about how like i do i don't judge myself actually i actually am really really proud of myself and i do know myself and it's like i'm so sure of myself the only thing getting in my way is that like i'm scared to express it to people because I can't be asked for someone to say like Are you really like i don't care if you think that whatever like it's not going to change my opinion i just can't be asked to deal with it kind of thing so i'm excited to keep unpacking that anyway asking it is given so all of my books have little like post-it notes on them so this is the kind of analogy that that made me want to do this video and i told my friends about it as soon as i reread it so it says so the like little title is do not put those unwanted ingredients in your pie So I'm going to just read it and then you can tell me... Well, you can't tell me what you think because this is a podcast, but I'm going to tell you what I think then we'll break it down about what it's about. I'm sorry if I stutter. (laughs) Stutter. But I shouldn't. Just try and listen to the words. Sorry if I do. It says, do not put those unwanted ingredients in your pie. And this is what it says. Imagine yourself as a chef in an extremely well-stocked kitchen that contains every imaginable ingredient. Let us say that you have a clear idea of the... Is it culinary? Creation you desire and you understand how to combine these easily accessible ingredients in order to fulfill your desire. As you proceed, there are many ingredients that are not appropriate for your creation, so you do not utilize them, but you also feel no discomfort about their existence. You simply utilize the ingredients that will enhance your creation, and you leave the ingredients that are not appropriate for your creation out of your pie. Some ingredients in this well-stocked kitchen are harmonious with your creation, and some of them are not. But even though adding some of these ingredients to your creation would absolutely ruin your pie, you do not feel the need to push them against. You do not feel the need to push against these ingredients or to ban them from the kitchen because you understand that there is no reason for them to end up in your pie unless you put them in there. And since you are clear about which ones enhance your creation and which ones do not enhance it, you feel no concern about the great variety of ingredients that exist. What the is that not like such a simple way of the expression that people are like you know like you can have people in your life like i always say is you can have people in your life but if you just like choose to involve them in a way that's like um productive if you will for you like i always say like it's okay to just like have friends that are just like friends like to have friends that like you would just call to go on a night out and like that's okay and that doesn't make them a bad friend that doesn't mean you just kick them out of your life you just know that's almost I guess like their use in your life and like that, that I don't even think saying that's a bad thing so it's not like you're using them it's like they're a good friend they're not really the friend that you would. Yeah, pull aside if you needed something or maybe you can't always rely on them. But like you have a good time when you go out and that's okay. You know to put them in the ingredients for your cocktail, just like not your breakfast. And I just think that is such a genius way of looking at it. This video is going to be like the test against my biggest flaw, which is like saying something and then over explaining it like so many times. But yeah, um, that's that's the first one, like the i don't know i just think yeah i'm gonna try not to over explain it but i just think it's perfect like imagine you're cooking a pasta but you made like oh, i don't know thai curry yesterday and you've got leftover like thai curry sauce in the fridge and you just think like you don't look at it and think, oh where the fuck are you there? and you just think no like i'm not you're just not in my use today or if it's pissing you off that it's in the fridge like you don't need it today you might eat it tomorrow like just leave it you know or if it's rotting just get rid of it not really, that's not the whole point. But, like, it is. It's however you want to interpret it. Um, and I think as well, I'm just going to go along with that and say um, that I, I've always been an advocate of this. I don't think it's a bad thing to have, if you will, ingredients in your fridge that you might only use once once every, th- every three months. You know, some of my favourite ingredients in my kitchen are ones that I use every three months. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have yeah like for example friends that you only call up when you're going out like I don't think that's a negative thing I don't think you only need to be surrounded by ride or dies and I think we I don't know if it's just like as we grow older or if there was that like if I don't know I can't remember if like social media persuaded me to think that way or like analogies like this make you think that but I yeah I don't think it's a bad I think as you grow older you just realize that like when you're 20, it's not like everybody, you have your group of 10 from school and, you know, if you didn't invite one of them out, it would be a nightmare. And if one of them knew your secret and another one didn't, it would be a nightmare. As soon as you leave school and you leave that dynamic of you're all actually seeing each other the same amount of time every day, you can see them 10 different people in different quantities and you can tell one of them your secret and it won't get round and the other one won't be annoyed if they don't know it because now you kind of see them, yeah, when, when you need to see them, I guess. don't want to over explain so the second one is behind every desire is the desire to feel good and this is something I always always talk about so this is still from the same book asking is given there is no desire that holds I basically sorry had screen had took a picture of this I knew that when I reread this book in Bali I'd taken a picture of a page and this was the page that I took a picture of and I went back through the book to find it There is no desire that anyone holds for any other other reason than they believe that it will make them feel better in the achievement of it. Whether it is a material object, a physical state of being, a relationship, a condition or a circumstance. At the heart of every desire is the desire to feel good. And so the standard of a successful life, the standard of success in life, (laughs) life, (laughs) the amount of times I've restarted these readings, I'm not even going to bother. And so the standard of success in life is not the things or the money. Their standard of success is absolutely the amount of joy you feel. The basis of life is freedom and the result of life is expansion. But the purpose of your life is joy. I love that so much. And that is why the main event has never been the manifestation. It has always been the way you feel in the moment. In other words, you intended to come into the physical realm of contrast to define what is wanted, to connect with energy that creates worlds and flows towards objects of attention, not because the objects of attention are important, but because of the act of flowing energy is essential to life. That last bit's a bit wordy, it's a bit whatever. But I love that, the basis of life is freedom, the result of life is expansion, but the purpose of your life is joy. And it's so true, and I don't know if I'm just like really deep in this, but if you think about, I think about things I've wanted in life, right? So let's compare maybe like three different Three completely different things. Hitting 100k on YouTube, something I always talk about. Buying... I bought a sparkly Balenciaga silver bag for my birthday. And when I, like, finished my uni degree, and I thought, that's a nice gift, I want that. So I walked into in town by myself and I went and got it. And... Let's say, like, a partner I can travel with, right? Why really do you want all these three things? And this is the point of the passage. You don't want the bag because you want the bag. And if you really, like... it. I want the bag because I want something to like treasure this moment for. Okay, why do you want something to treasure this moment for? So I can remember how this moment felt and every time I look at it, I'll think of this moment and how does this moment feel? It feels joyful. Why did you buy, buy the bag? Because you wanna feel good and you wanna be reminded of that joyful feeling. Why do you want to hit 100K so bad? Because in that moment, I'll feel successful. And why will you feel successful? Because I'll be super proud of myself because i built up this, moment. And why do you want to feel proud of yourself? Because I just want to feel good. I want to hit 100K because I want to feel fucking good. Why do you want someone to travel with so that I can travel? And why do you want to travel? Because I want to feel fucking good. Like at the core of absolutely everything we want is the desire to feel good. So rather than putting that on, what did they say? A material object, a physical state, a relationship, a condition, a circumstance. I want to move to Manchester. Why do you want to move to Manchester? Because I'll be around my friends and then I'll be proud of myself that I have my own place. And why do you want to be around your friends? And why do you want to be in your own place? Because I feel like I'll thrive better on my own. I love being in my own space and I don't have many friends here at home. You know, I've only got two pals down here. Now one, because Gabby's gone back. And it's like, at the heart of that, it's like, I want to be surrounded by my friends because I want to feel good. At the heart of everything we want is because we want to feel good. So why don't we start searching for the thing that makes us feel good rather than putting it at the end of something, rather than putting it at the end of a material object, rather than putting it at at the end of a physique goal, at the end of a circumstance, at the end of an event. Like, why aren't we searching for that feeling good in the everyday? Which I do think we are, and I think the whole point of that passage is to make you realise that, to make you realise, actually, all you want to do is feel good. So just make sure you're constantly doing things that make you feel good and just make sure it's not forever on the end of waiting on a circumstance. So the one last thing I want to talk about in this book, which I think is really quite powerful, is they talk about this emotional set point. And they say there's around about 22 emotions that we kind of go. And they're kind of in a scale from like best to worst. So I'll give you a few. So like one is joy, two is passion, three is enthusiasm. Eight is boredom, nine is pessimism, ten is frustration. 17 is anger, 18 is revenge, 21 is insecurity, and 22 is fear, grief, depression, powerlessness. So yeah, it goes from good to worse. And they talk about, so they call it the emotional guidance scale. And when they refer to it, they're, they're like your emotional set point, like that's where you are on it. or um, well, that could be in a different book. But essentially they talk about how you cannot jump from fear to joy. You have to go fear. You could jump up to fear to hatred. So you fear someone, then you might hate them. And then you might blame yourself. So blame is 15. And then you're disappointed. And then you're bored. And then you're optimistic. And now you're joyful. You can't jump from 14 to 1. You have to move up the emotions. And I just love this point here. So the chapter talks about moving from a state of depression to a state of anger. And it says... Someone outside of you does not know if your chosen thought of anger is an improvement for you. Only you know by the relief that you feel the appropriateness of any thought. Until you decide that you're going to guide yourself by the way you feel, you can make no steady progress towards your own desires. And then on the page before, there's just this page that explains what I'm trying to say. If a severely depressed person could consciously discover the relief of an angry thought, And more important, could consciously recognise that he has deliberately chosen the angry thought. He would immediately regain a sense of his own power and his depression would lift. Now, of course, it is important that he does not remain in this place of anger. But from that angry place, he now has the access to the relieving thoughts of frustration. And then obviously it goes on to say, no one can tell you that your angry thought is bad because for you... It's a relief from depression. So no one can tell you, for example, that why you're sitting around being fucking bored because it's a shit feeling. But little do they know, you've gone from being overwhelmed to finally getting rid of all them fucking thoughts and now you're just bored. And that's okay because you cannot step from overwhelmed to optimistic. Like you can, like, I'm not saying you can't, but you can't expect it to. Like if you want a steady progression where you're going to feel better and better you can pick, or if you, I'm not saying you can't, but it's harder to go from overwhelmed to optimism, but it's easier to go from overwhelmed to like choosing to feel a bit bored. I know you can't necessarily choose your thoughts, but in this book, it kind of talks about how you can. I feel like I'm always stepping on eggshells when I kind of talk about this because I don't want to be like, you can choose your thoughts, you're in control of your emotions. But I do think we are to some extent. Um, So yeah I that's why I strongly encourage you read this book because I think it's it's not airy-fairy like just feel good it's like if you need to feel angry to not feel depressed that's fucking great and no one can tell you that you shouldn't feel angry and they cannot understand your emotional well-being in that state because actually for you anger is a relief I'm so fucking glad I'm angry at that car in front of me because I'm no longer depressed about like my life back home say like I'm not going to over explain everything. Love that point. While we're on here, we'll go happy sexy millionaire next. This is Stephen Bartlett's book. And this is a point that I first ever heard in his podcast ages ago. You've definitely heard me talk about this back when his podcast was actually him reading his diary. Um, So it's one of his quote pages and I don't love the wording of this. I don't think it's super inspiring, but I think I could word it better, but I'm going to read the book because that's the sake of this point. If when you get angry, you say, X thing made me angry, you will often get angry. If you say, I made myself angry because of X thing, you will get angry less often. Your emotional response is your fault and your responsibility. If you realise that, you'll have the power to control it. And I think this is what I find empowering about thinking you are in control of your own emotions, because when you realise that, you you can control it. Like, at first you can think, I'm not the reason I'm depressed. no you're not always you know external circumstances i'm not saying you're sitting there purposely being depressed but once you realize you can kind of try and step yourself out of that and it is your choice to some extent like what you want to feel and what you not what you want to feel what you want to focus on i think is a better way of saying what i kind of think you can pick what you're going to focus on change the narrative i'm not saying there's nothing bad going on in your life and you don't deserve to be depressed not at all if you need to cry absolutely take your moment to cry but you can choose what to focus on you can get up the next day and say yeah cool that's like my career is going absolutely tits up in my life but i have great friends so i'm going to go and spend the day with my friends and i'm just not going to think about that shit thing at the moment because i don't want to feel shit or like stepping back to what asking has given said i feel really depressed over there so i'm just going to choose to be angry about this thing over here and both of these books are saying the same thing you can it's funny that they're both talking about anger you can pick that angry feeling this book says when you say x thing made me angry you'll get angry more but if you say like consciously kind of say like i've made myself angry because of this that can be empowering the whole point of this though the kind of contradictory in that sense i think being able to be like i've made myself angry because of x can be relieving if that angry thought is better if the angry thought is more negative the point of this is you're saying you've made yourself angry so the example in this book is that this guy hadn't been paid an invoice and he was like oh this company's really annoying me because they haven't paid the invoice and the whole point is he's saying like The company hasn't annoyed you. The company has simply just not paid you. And you've decided that's annoying. (sighs) I feel like pay can be a hard thing because not getting paid is annoying because now, you know, you can't pay your bills, etc. Let's say your friend said something that pissed you off or your mum started an argument with you or your partner's not made the bed. Your partner's just not made the bed. You've decided that action has annoyed you. You're like oh fuck him he doesn't care about me he doesn't want me to have made bed he doesn't want me to rah, rah, rah. and you've let that annoy you you're fr- someone's talking about you behind your back and you're like that's so shit that's so annoying i'm so like upset with them you're choosing to be upset you could just choose to take that action for what it is that person's talking about you and not choose to put an emotion with it i use this most for like annoyed like when when a brand deal will go through or when like won't go through will fall through is what i mean sorry or yeah, just when someone said something, I just think fuck off, like you've pissed me off. Or normally that when someone said something, I think you've pissed me off. Like, and then I'm like, don't react. You're just you're choosing to be annoyed. Why don't you just literally not be annoyed? And I, that's what I mean. I always tread an eggshells when I say these things because I want someone to be like, it's not that easy. But I genuinely do think it is for me anyway. Like I think it definitely takes you a moment to get there. But once you realise. Every emotion and every thought you have is simply a reaction to something else. Yes, some emotions and some thoughts and feelings are harder to get rid of. You don't always need to get rid of them. But once you realize, like, something like just as easy as someone winding you up, you can just choose to literally let it not wind you up. You can just choose to be like, I've heard what you said, I'm not gonna react to it. Bye. Or you can sit there and wind yourself up and think about it and think about it, what does this mean, what does this mean? You can also be like, cool, I'm not reacting to that one. See you later. And then we've got two more books. So this is not actually a self-help book. This is called The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and The Horse. Um, It's like a really gorgeous illustration book. My mum got me and both my brothers them for Christmas. And the first thing I actually have in this book, the first post-it note, is about reaction. And again, this is the third book now that's all talking kind of about the same thing, which is why I kind of like the idea of this series because we're like, hey, look, We're all talking about this one thing. So maybe instead of taking everything that book says, let's find the common denominator, if you will, um, and work on that. And this page says, it's basically a really gorgeous story how along the way you'll see it because I'm going to read you a few different pages, but it just says like nice things all the way through it, nice reminders. And it just says, one of our greatest freedom, which doesn't make sense. One of our greatest freedom is how we react to things. Because he's always basically asking this mole for advice. Um, but I think that's so true I think there's great freedom as I've just explained that in knowing that our emotional state is actually up to us and that person doesn't have the means to piss you off and they don't have the means to upset you because your emotions are your own responsibility so if you want to not be sad about that and not let them piss you off you can do that and you can go and make yourself happy Your emotions are your own responsibility, which is a scary thought. But once you get, which is a scary thought when you've got sad thoughts in your head, when you're in a good place, it's so empowering to be like, you can't affect me. You can stand there and chat shit to me and try and wind me up and upset me the most you want, like if you have a shit boss at work, but you can't affect my emotions because you literally do not have the means to do so because I'm not going to react to them. So I'm not going to be upset. This little page on giving up. um, So he says, the page before says, when have you been at your strongest, asked the boy. When I've dared to show my weakness. And then this is the page that I had, that is. Asking for help isn't giving up, said the horse. It is refusing to give up. And I'd read this book before, but I just kind of re-seen that. And I thought, God, that is so true. Like, people think asking for help, like, you're giving up, you're showing weakness. But by asking for help, you're going, hey, I don't want to give up on this because I don't know the answer myself and I want to crack this so much that I'm asking for help. Asking for help isn't giving up. It's refusing to give up. I'm going to try and not overanalyze that. And again, this is just a really, I love this page so, so much. It says, is your glass half empty or half full? Ask the mole. I think I'm grateful to have a glass, said the boy. (laughs) I feel like that could make me cry. If that's not literally perspective in its finest, is your glass half empty or half full? I think I'm grateful to have a glass. (laughs) Drop the mic. absolutely love that. absolutely love that. Okay, we've got one more. So I actually wanted to talk about the concept that's in the beginning of The Power of Now, but... One, I don't actually think I've read that book all the way through. I always forget if I actually have or not. I always confuse The Power of Now and Everything You Need You Have because I bought them at the same time. I always forget which one I read. But I've definitely read the first half of Power of Now and it talks about how you are not your mind. And I don't actually have the book, so I couldn't look at it, but it's literally within the first, like, two chapters um, because some of our books are still in storage because we've moved. But in step one of Everything You Need You Have is the cult of i which is a similar thing so i'm going to read you this every time we identify ourselves through our mind we use the word i but who is i how do we know the difference between i which is the personality we project to the outside world and the inner I, the self which exists at some deeper level that is more difficult to explain what does individual identity really mean and how is it the freedom we associate with I that leaves so many of us somehow feeling incomplete and lost. And then on the next page, um, they say like, the book said they're like talking to friends. And he says, the book is saying that the ultimate truth of who you are is not the same as who you think you are. Oh, she said, back like a dart. You mean that all the labels like I am a mother, I teach little kids, I like spicy foods. Spot on, you see, it's so simple. And then he says, he asks her 11 year old son, if I took away all the things you know about me, and then I took away all the things I know about you, what would be left? And I'm not sure how I interpret that, that last question. If I took away all the things you know about me and all the things I know about you, what would be left? And on the next page, the boy says, just the person, I guess, he said, we'd be two people, just the same, I guess. Which, yeah, we would. And I probably should have reread this book because I can't remember his point. <laughs> On this next page, it says, The mind is part of, the mind is now the part of us that says, I, I'm the one, I'm the creator, I'm in control. So I think, again, it's just that, I think it's a similar thing, to be honest. I've been talking about this whole episode that we are the creator of our own lives. And this I that we're saying, I like spicy foods, I like this, like we can pick what that I is. And we have two different eyes. The eye that is the personality that we project to the outside world. And the eye that is us within. Because I know mine are so different. That's why I started this episode by saying. I have a problem. Because the eye within. I have problem expressing. So the eye that everyone else thinks I am. Is probably not your truest self. But then I always think. I'm going to make this my journal prompt. Who do you. I've asked my brother this before. Who do you think in your life has the same kind of view on you as you do so you know how everyone says like your mum will never view you as your friends do because you know your mum might view as like nice innocent person who doesn't go out and doesn't know what you do on like the weekends xyz but they might know you a bit better because they've always lived with you but your friend you know goes out with you every weekend and sees different sides to you and you're like a different person in everybody's story but Whose story do you think is the most similar to your own? Like, I guess I'm asking, like, who do you think knows you the best in this world? Who do you think, who do you think's reflection of you is most similar to your reflection of you in your head? Because that's why I said, like, how I know myself is probably not how anyone knows me, obviously, but who knows me the closest to the way I know myself? I hope you enjoyed that episode. I did. I liked just kind of, like, reading pastures to you, and I think the more I read them, the more I realised... Actually, all of these ones that I've liked and have a favorited, if you will, are all talking about the same thing, how we are in complete control of our emotions and we can choose to react or not react to anything. And we have the power to, yeah, choose our emotions in life. Whether that is angry, it doesn't have to be happy. If angry is going to relieve you from your depression, cool. And if you want to choose an angry thought, that's fine. And you can also choose not to be angry at a thought if it's going to take you back down the emotional scale I love you all so much and I will see you next week for the last oh my god the last episode of the year, that's so weird because it's literally November November 3rd when I'm filming this I will see you for the last episode of the year next week which I still don't know what it's about I think it's going to be about you can do hard things and the power of self-belief and self-doubt mwah I love you all so much and I'll see you next week. Bye.